Navarra invites you to get this with Tony Martin and Ed Cavalier. Richard Barson on the buttons. And today we've got the white coats on as we attempt to boost our popularity with our own grumpy, irascible Dr. House-style resident MD. Which Smurf do you think looks the tastiest? The New Zealand police. We show them an ass and an elbow and see what they can come up with. We've had Joy Buttress, Phil Minge, now meet the newest letters to the editor, Sensation. How hard is it to start your own political party? Tim Zura lifts the lid on the Sheffield Shield. Once again, and Richard Marson fans, we know you're out there. Keep your dialing fingers ready for the return of Dick's Box. Whoa, radio's most (laughs) shonky prizes. They're all here and sitting in for the second hour, writer of the Saw movies, Lee Winnell, and you could win our panel operator's right leg. Tony was there the day Jesus had his moment of doubt and pain. Tony is pleased to meet you. Woo woo. He hoped you can guess his name. Woo woo. Yes, it's all coming up on Get This, where we've got not one, but four new ideas today. Yeah, what do you reckon they'll do? File, file, Mm -hmm. file, file. Vote of confidence. It's triple M. Get this. If you leave, that's OMD, orchestral manoeuvres in the dark here at Get This. <laughs> Around the nation on Triple M, I think that was from Pretty in Pink, wasn't it? Fine soundtrack. So that makes me Anthony Michael Hall. No, sorry. Other one. Uh, Matt Dillon? No. Ducky. Oh, Ducky. John Cryer? I'm not going to be Ducky. John Cusack's in that, isn't he? Very... Yeah. Yeah. James Spader. I was thinking of Andrew McCarthy, actually. Oh, We're yeah. We're often mistaken for each other. Samantha Mathis, is she in that one? Mm. She is. Okay. <laughs> We're out of the blocks. We've but lost everybody. That's Courtney, what we do at the beginning Courtney, of the show. Courtney Thorne-Smith isn't. <laughs> so <laughs> don't get it out and expect to see her. Who are these people talking rubbish? Well, it'd be myself, Tony Martin. Too clever by half. We've got Ed Cavalier. Too cute by half. Hey. And Richard Marsland. Too cunning by half. That's Pushing true. buttons. Very true. Whoops. Very true. No, I think uh, maybe less talk of obscure 80s icons mm-hmm. and more things that people want to hear about. Okay. What about characters on this show? Yeah. People love, you know, popular recurring characters. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What have you been working on? Oh, like a, a camp Hollywood reporter. Oh. People love that. Great. Because it's easy. Once, you, once you've got one of them, you only all, the only two word, three words you need to know are ooh and Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> Can, I, can have a, I can have a whole career doing... Ask me anything, Tony. Ask me anything about anything. Uh, what's going on with... Uh, Hollywood and Britney Spears. Oh, Lindsay Lohan. Okay, very good. I'm up to date now. <laughs> Richard, are you working on a character at all? Oh, there was some drunken leprechaun talk at the start of the year. I remember we talked about that. <laughs> yeah. Fiddle D. I think that was his name. Really? <laughs> that was basically his catchphrase as well. Yeah. Introduce himself. And it was Shake Shillelagh you were working <laughs> Shake on. Shake Shillelagh. The Irish Mufti. That never caught on. <laughs> <laughs> we need stuff. You know what people like? No, like? That thing that comes on after, thank God you're here, Dr. House. It's very hot. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, I haven't seen a lot of Dr. House. What's the gimmick? How does it work? Oh, he's got a limp. Yeah, okay, it must be more to it than he's that. He's got a limp and a beard, yeah. and they imply that he's on the gear, but he's, but he's a doctor. <laughs> I don't know. Do they, but isn't he sort of at the coalface of discovering new diseases and new viruses? Is that yeah. true? Uh, but he's sort of antisocial and grumpy, That's isn't right. He? He's yeah. got a beard. So he has qualities that normally people hate. Yeah, yeah, that's it. But because he's a good surgeon or a good doctor... Yeah, he's just too damn good. People like him. Yeah. We need one of those. Coming soon to get this. He's the antisocial maverick doctor who turns conventional medicine on its head. You may not like his bedside manner, but you'll love Kenny G, MD. Damn it. In all my years as a diagnostic surgeon, I've never come across a case like this. We're getting no response, Doctor. Damn it. Google it again. Okay. There has to be something out there. Doctor, the patient's going into convulsions. What do we do? I don't know. What do you think, Kenny G? Well, see what you think of this. That's no help at all. Doctor, we're losing him. Oh, my God. Uh, no, wait. Wait, hang on. Quite. Yeah? Yeah, I think I can work with this. Here we go. Doctor G, I think we're... Tra- no, look, it's working. It's working. He's coming around. All right. Oh, that's amazing. No, wait, look. No, 
no, no, no, he's flatlining. Please, please, we're losing him. No, 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 God. wait, this is good. I can get this note. Hold on, here we go. Come on, breathe, damn it. Come on. Come on. You can do it. Come on, man, come on, live, damn you. Smooth jazz together at last in Diagnosis Clarinet. Coming soon to get this. I don't know, will that be popular? Is that going to catch on? I think we've had enough, Kenny G, please. You sure? Could you drop a sandbag on him? Do something, Mr. Barza, please. Oh, Kenny G's plums! I don't know. I don't think that's necessarily <laughs> going to be a vote winner here at Gillis. Who did the convulsions acting? Very good convulsions acting. The first line of that is, the patient's gone into convulsions. In comes Kenny G as the listeners go into convulsions right along with them. <laughs> All right. I think that's enough uh, easy listening jazz. Does that count as a song, Nikki? If, if we're playing Kenny no. G in here, what are they listening to in elevators? <laughs> Richard's Vengabus? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> Something else. Some music. Here we get this on Triple M. Here we get this on Triple M. What were you singing along to that during the song, Richard? Isn't there a bit of the lyric in that song, one of these things is not like the other? From oh, yeah. Sesame Street. Sesame Street. Oh, yeah. Sounds like maybe they've just, you know, taken, they haven't actually taken a melody, but certainly the lyrics sound similar. So Dave Grohl's been hanging around. Sesame Street. On the street, pinching ideas. Brought to you by the letter F. Yeah. New Foo Fighters album. You'll see him dressed as a chef falling down some stairs with some pastries next. <laughs> I used to love that bloke. Who is that? This guy was a 10 strawberry shortcakes oh, yeah. and fell down some stairs. <laughs> I heard he had a stunt double for some of the prime numbers. Is that right? Nice. Sorry. Mm. What are we talking about? Richard Marsland. Yeah, That's... yeah, yeah. Remember yesterday's show, Tone, yeah. when he sexually harassed me? Yeah, I do remember that. He said something about me having a beautiful body. Well, he was... I didn't say beautiful. He was comparing you to Britney Spears with the sprayed-on abs. Some scented oils he was throwing my direction. Sure. And I I said, it was complimentary, I said that you didn't need to spray on abs. Yes. You've got your own. That's a come on, where I come from. (laughs) He's wearing a crop top. (laughs) Yeah. You know, but anyway, so I thought, I thought I'd leave it be. I'll leave it be. This morning, I was sitting in the office, and I'm trying to watch some YouTube, uh, and Rich taps me on the shoulder and goes, there you go, mate. There you go. No, no, there you go. And I said, oh, thanks, Rich. Hands me two bits of paper. One that says, uh, burglar used vacuum toilet duck as sexual aid. Yeah. And then the other one says, staff at a German butcher shop was shocked to discover a customer had hidden two sex toys in a sausage. <laughs> and he wandered off. Okay, so what is that? Is that a guy giving you his two best stories? Well, I don't know. For the day, for the show, I thought so, but then he sent me an email later on asking if I wanted to go around to his place for some German sausage and a spot of light cleaning. That's a bit gay. Come on. Richard, I am not a piece of meat. I have feelings. All right? What was that first story? What was the top one that he gave you? Burglar used vacuum comma toilet duck bottle as sexual aid. See, what we've learned over the course of this is where burglars go wrong is they break into your house mm. and then they stick around to use the facility. And the other thing that burglars have lost is the stealing things bit. <laughs> I know. They get in and they go, geez, I, I love a telly, but that toilet duck is giving me the eye. <laughs> it's giving me the eye. Have some pizza or have some something out of the fridge. Yeah, yeah, geez, what is that on the stove? Dinner and show. <laughs> All right, can we just have a round of applause for Matt Dower on the Pots and Pans? Oh, Sheffield Shield applause. Who not only had to put together that Kenny G sketch earlier, mm. had to listen to hours and hours of Kenny G. <laughs> to find just the right amount of G. Yeah, that's right. And you know what he's like, Matty D. Mm. Oh, man, I think he's got a website somewhere. Oh, he's all metal. Yeah. He's super metal. He wakes up to a bit of stink fist. He does. In the morning, the <laughs> clock goes off, stink fist. Bursts the life. Yeah, yeah. Just to get him up. That's what I'm told. Get him going. <laughs> so, uh, yes, Sheffield Shield round for me. Every time I go into his office, he's just nailing a nail through his arm. That's what he does. Mm. Just, to feel, just to feel something. Yeah. I think that's something they're doing in sales. It's oh, a, is it? It's a blue sky. Motivational. Center. Someone came up with some inside mining and then <laughs> nail something to yourself. Wow. That's good. I went past the other day. Mm-hmm. Do we get into trouble? No, they're we? not here. They're at a uh, negotiations okay. workshop. There was something going on in the boardroom. Yep. And... They had, like, the PowerPoint presentation. Oh, I love yep. the PowerPoint. There was yeah. about 30 salespeople around the boardroom table. Mm-hmm. The only thing that was on the screen 
was a picture of Forrest Gump. <laughs> What's going on there? This is our target. This man is rich. He, he got rich in shrimping. He's got a lot of spare cash. He's none too bright. What can we hit him with? Ping pong. Uh, what else is he into? Hippie chicks. Come on, work with me. Veterans, veterans. It wouldn't have been. It would have been somebody going, radio is like a box of chocolate. Oh, yeah, it would have been right. one of those. Ouch. Okay, now they hate us even more. Yes, they do. Uh, we had a Sheffield Shield round there. Let's dangle a bit of sizzle for the listeners. Tell you what. There's something else we do on Get This, if you're new, with the new time slot and all. Mm. We like to have readings from one of the greatest sporting biographies ever written. What's it called? Tim Zura, the gloves are off, now for the facts. Next on Get This. That'd be split ends. Yes, I got you here at Get This around the nation on Triple M New Zealand. Did you see the New Zealand uh, police, Mr. Marsland, on Mm. the news last night? Did they have the police from uh, Police 107 involved? They did, the very polite New Zealand police. Sorry, Eddie, are you just writing a sketch while we're on air? Yep. It's going to be a beauty. Probably. <laughs> to do with a little pumpkin story, I believe. Oh, yeah, did you see that now? Not making fun of that of course not. story, but the uh, the New Zealand cops are very sort of... Um, I mean, the car was sitting out there for seven days, mm. and they're going, well, it's quite a different system with getting a search warrant in this country. Mm. So I don't know what it is, what is so different about it. They didn't have time to call Interpol. You see the bloke from the American police going, well, if they called us, we could have been waiting for this bloke at the airport. That's what we do. So I don't know what the system is for getting a search warrant. <laughs> it's got to be, it's checks and balances. You've got to get to the top of Mount Doom with it. You need sig- signatures and triplicate. You've got That's 15 it. signatures. You've got to get um, Peter Jackson. Yeah. And he's very busy doing a longer version of Kong Kong. So <laughs> Voldemort, he's hard to get hold of. Dave Dobbins out of mobile range. <laughs> Anna Pequin won't call back. Got to get all these signatures. All the all of the All Blacks are in France. They're they're almost impossible to get hold of. You need all of them. You need all of them. It's very tricky. We're going to get this guy though. That bloke that rode foot shot flats. Where's he? He's hard to get hold of. Trying to get hold of him is like trying to catch a fish in the Atlantic. Oh, hang on. What's the South African all of a sudden? I don't know what Who I'm is doing. that? That was that was a New Zealander. But we will. Which one? Go back to the Zapruder footage. I think you'll find <laughs> North Islander. We'll catch this bloke. We've got his video. But watch out because he knows Kung Fu. He does know Kung Fu. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, I feel like we're offending left, right and centre. Um, okay. People are emailing in about our new time slot. Mm. Uh, it's generally getting the thumbs up, I find. Okay. Um, gives unemployed people, students, uh, an extra three hours to sleep in. A reason to get up in the afternoon. <laughs> we are their breakfast program. So there's Hugh Janus. <laughs> no, I just thought I'd say it. It's his real name. He says, has, has management moved get this from the lunchtime slot? To avoid Ed eating on air. <laughs> Imagine if that's what it was. Imagine that's if they had a huge meeting and went, nah, the only way this is going to work. Going to have to get in between meals. But there is no between meals yeah, for you, no, Rick. What's the sound of that, Mr. Uh, Hugh Janus? <laughs> it's food, my friend. <laughs> Bad luck. Uh, okay, we need sports. That's what people like on the radio, sports. Yeah. And who knows more about Sheffield Shield cricket from the uh, mid 1980s? <laughs> They need Cavalry. <laughs> well, hopefully hopefully no one. Yeah. Uh, the man is Tim Zura, played 10 times for uh, Australia, as you know, Richard. Yeah. Absolutely distinguished himself in sure. the pre-Greg yeah. Dyer, Ian Healy, wicket-keeping like era. Wayne Phillips era. <laughs> it was around Wayne Phillips. I think he took over from Wayne Phillips. He did take over from, <laughs> from Flip. Pumping <laughs> Wayne Phillips. Uh, so we've been re- taking readings from his... Amazing autobiography. Yeah, that you got for 99 cents at the Salvos. They talked me up to $2, though. <laughs> So let's have another re- reading from the word, from the mind, <laughs> Tim Zura. Simon Scuba O'Donnell came up to me and said team coach Bob Simpson had asked him if it was true that I'd stolen a bottle of scotch from the official function the night before. He blew me away with that. I tried to ring Simpson, but he'd gone shopping. <laughs> that night we had a team fines meeting where they handed out little fines for things like spewing on yourself. <laughs> I was stewing in the corner and couldn't get into the relaxed atmosphere. When they asked if there were any more fines, I shouted yes and gave Simpson the biggest mouthful of abuse a player ever gave to an official. I demanded he be fined for not having the balls to accuse me himself. The next day, Simpson told us he'd been appointed as an Australian selector for the next three years. I turned to Fat Cat and said, I'm finished. Fat Cat turned to me and said, I'm a goner too, mate. I'm a goner too. Oh, beautiful. And thus spake Timmy Zura. We love that. The gloves are off now for the facts. Look mm. for it in a garage sale near you. <laughs> okay, that's sports out of the way. I think we've got to get to sex. 
Oh, 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 oh. Got to get the sex before the kiddies get out of school. Absolutely that's what, right. That's what I'm told. Keep it clean. Mm. Uh, that'll be next on Get This. That's scar tissue from the Red Hot Chili Peppers here at Get This on Triple M. And it's new time slot, which, as the station likes to tell us, is on Broadway. It's a hard knock life for us. Okay. It's a hard knock life for us. Yeah. Okay, I think we've lost everybody somehow. Gain me. You're doing some great Mrs. Hannigan there, though. Thank you very much. It's great. You're, you're ready to go. Off Broadway. Yeah, that's right. We're on Broadway. Off Broadway. On, no, on Broadway. Mm. Yeah. I just like to point out that even though we're on Broadway, we're still brought to you by the Nissan Navara. What a 4x4. Four four. What a 4x4. 4x4 four four. Four four is stuff. Yeah, the Ute magazine. 4x4 uh, four four Australia. Ute of the year. That's what we've gone uh, for. Listen to what they said in their assessment. There are a few vehicles that could have rewritten the rule book as comprehensively uh, yeah. as the Nissan Navara. Yeah. It's rewritten the rule book yeah, yeah, yeah. in the style of the gloves are off now for the facts by Tim Zura. That's what <laughs> I'm told. Absolutely right. I think he was a consultant. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, uh, is it a special day for fans of the automobile, uh, Mr. Marsden? Some sort of anniversary? It is, Tony, on this day in 1891. This is true. The first. Go, g- the, the, go for it. Uh, the first Ford Model T came off the conveyor belt. Oh, I think that was later on, wasn't it? In okay. the 1900s. Fine, yeah. Richard. Be like that. Have nothing to do with the Nissan Navara. Okay, keep uh, going. In 1891, the yeah. first gasoline-powered car debuted in Springfield, Massachusetts, United States. Is that right? I think it's going well, isn't it? The gasoline-powered car. Oh, I don't know. No, I think it died off for a while. <laughs> it's making uh, a comeback. What was? When was the first car? What was that? That was the, That's the Ford Model T. Yeah, I'm sure it was rubbish. Yeah. That was rubbish. That one. Yeah, had rubbish. To call, had to call for roadside service. Like as soon as they got it up and running. <laughs> Okay. Look, uh, yeah, we're not pushing the Model T. No. Certainly not doing that. And I'm glad, you know, that uh, Mr. Costello didn't come in and start talking about racing cars. Oh, man. I think that clip is really starting to shit people. I think it is. Bother me. We've had a lot of requests. Never play it again. Okay. They never want to hear that analogy. Mm. But people do love, uh, oh, anniversaries. Isn't it Kim Beasley's last day as an MP today? Last day in the house? That's it. So he's going to be walking out. That's true. There's going to be footage of him walking out. It's our last chance to play his music. There he goes. Distinguished career. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Beasley. What's his legacy? Well, the music, obviously. Oh, absolutely right, yeah, yeah. Uh, that wonderful uh, analogy about the dog's breakfast. Have we got that? Yeah, we do. I've heard that they've uh, dedicated a vending machine to him, which is nice. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we love Kim Beasley's work and, um, he, you know, the master of the tortured analogy, even more so than the uh, racing car worker, Peter Costello. Remember this? This is a complete dog's breakfast, an absolute dog's breakfast. And, uh, you know, tossing a few more cans of Powell into the dog's breakfast will not, in fact, make a decent breakfast. How true it is. <laughs> and I think we're now passing that theme music on to Stephen Sagal. He's got it now. Really works with him lumbering up a corridor. Certainly does. Uh, have we got some more sexy kind of music there, Mr. Marsland? Something like this. Um, I mean, I'm just improvising. <laughs> <laughs> nice work. Yeah. Adrienne Smith has emailed us. She's from Thirul. Or is that Thirul? I think it's Thirul. Okay. My name's Adrian. I'm a pharmacist mm. in Thirul near Wollongong. Can I be your get this girl? I think I'm pretty funny. I've seen short bus. Yeah. I yeah. love Curb Your Enthusiasm. Okay. And I'm a top chick. Okay. I actually sent Larry David a postcard and got a reply from HBO thanking me for my compliments. How's that? So it's all going quite well. And see, Ed's drooling. Yeah, yeah, And there's yeah. not even a sandwich in front of him. A pharmacist, she can get as many jelly beans as she wants. So she's going to be our get this girl? I'm not sure. Maybe she blows it in the final line of the email. Can I send you some of my health-aware rap songs? Ah, no, see, that's a black mark. <laughs> health-aware rap songs? <laughs> do people want them? <laughs> I think they do. What a giveaway. What a giveaway. And recently I've been going on, you know, a lot of dates, Tone, and at the end of the night they're always just, we get back somewhere, it's always it's all going real, rather nicely. Really? Before you know it, it's the microphones, the hat backwards, the backing track starts. <laughs> oh, God, it's another health-aware rap. <laughs> How long is this going to take? Most of your dates seem to end with you being tasered. That's what I'm told. <laughs> There's a guy like that bloke in America. Was he a prankster? Who was he, Richard? I don't know. He might have been a prankster because there were certainly a lot of cameras on him, but he was asking a, a bit of a... Well, the, the question about the Skull and Bone Secret Society there at Harvard. Yeah, right. Um, whether John Kerry was, in fact, a member along with uh, George W. Bush at mm. around the same time. And the question went on too long? 
Well, uh, well, apparently it was a bit too sensitive. So that's what they needed, the Oscars. <laughs> Speech going too long, just bring out the taser. I didn't do anything. And don't tase me, bro. Don't tase me. Stop. I didn't do anything. Give me one. Yeah. Ow. Ow. Give me another. <laughs> Take that short pen. There you go, Jenny Dench. Hang on. That footage, though, does remind me of something that happened on this show. Uh, step four, leave the controller to the chopper at least five metres far away. Now the antenna's currently touching. Ah! It's <laughs> What happened there? Ow. Remarkably similar. It's like Nam. I get flashbacks every time you play that. <laughs> All right, let's climb up to a Although now. I did see that footage of the guy getting tasered. Yeah. And you're going, that's terrible. Let's give him another. That is terrible. <laughs> Just give him one more. He's still wriggling. He's resisting. <laughs> give him one. Give him one the guts. Give him one the bum. I feel a need to go a climb, and that'll be next on Get This. That's Mashbox 20 with additions from uh, our panel operator, Richard Marsland. Uh, How far we've come here to get this around the nation on Triple M, I'd just like to point out the Bacon Filled returns today. We've had a bit of a sorbet of a podcast Mm. on Monday, Mm. just 20 minutes of uh, the Mercado cast. Yep. That's really only for people who are into obscure old Australian TV shows. Merely to balance the palate before we get back into the next course. <laughs> then 127 went up last night. Chock. Oh, what is in it? Good question. What are we talking? Uh, oh, Madonna's Purple Penetrator. Okay, can't remember that. Yep. All right, how do you know when it's time to go home? Ed oh, yeah. Cavalli versus Funniest. Who's snubbing us now? Oh, yeah. In my day, oh, yeah. John Howard's offer to retire. If you're not listening in Adelaide, You'll be able to hear that again in the next hour, Fantastic. hopefully. And, of course, uh, Greg Fleet, bit of his uh, incoherent nonsense. Not bad. Uh, it is, get this, where, yes, Ed Cavalli is giving the Prime Minister a genital sponge bath. I think he's been incredibly generous, and I thank him very warmly. Hang on a second. Doesn't Richard usually do mm-hmm. that? Which pair of hands are stronger and safer and more experienced? Okay. There we go. All the evidence is on the table. It's usually me. So you hands wide off. answer. It's all you me. wide answer. No, come on. The sad thing is we spent like so long rehearsing <laughs> that. Please, can we go climbing? Talk back, Mountain. <laughs> oh, what was that? Hip shake jerk. Uh, by the quick. The free quick. Train. Here at, uh, well, Talkback Mountain. See, I've got nothing written in front of me. You know why? Because no. it's Richard Marsland's choice. This is Marsland. That's right. That's what it's called. I want to see you reenact that poster. Wasn't that what you were going to do for our website? The This is England poster? That's right, with all the kids standing there, all the skinheads. Mm-hmm. In the braces. Great fashion from like 83. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's where we are right now. This is Marsland. So many phone topics. Jeez, what a pressure. How many has he got? Uh, weren't you checking out his... Uh... Well, I'll get to those. Once we hear what his are, I'll tell, I'll tell you some of the ones I saw on his desk that I bet he doesn't want to read out. All right, so you're giving us a choice today, Richard. What, what have we got, Richard? Because there's so many uh, positive pokey stories. Okay. Good news, yep. yep. That's one. Pokies writing that news. down. Favourite cover band names. Favourite cover band name. Yes, writing that yep. down, yep. Worst birthday ever. Worst birthday ever. That's just three I've got in the mix. So is that, is that all the ones you're going to claim? That you? So okay, well then why is it that on your desk I also saw uh, Whose Hand Is That, uh, Steam Room <laughs> Antics, and Who Do You Think's Into It? I've got stories for all three of them. In fact, they're the same story, as a matter of fact. <laughs> whose Hand Is That, They're Into It, and the Steam Bath. We're not doing Whose Hand Is That. We're going <laughs> to let you choose, people. <laughs> Positive pokey stories, right? Are there any of them? Have you got one? I've got a positive gambling story. Yeah. This is interesting. On the holidays, I took a cab. He gave me a tip for a race. Mm. And normally you go, yeah, okay, whatever. But I thought, no, I'm going to I'm gonna follow this guy up. Yep, yep. Race six, Bendigo, came through like a trooper. Boom. Right. Made some bread on it. It was fantastic. Man. He also gave me the trifecta, which I lost all my money on. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Uh, in the same race, yeah. but still, good yeah. tip. Good and tip. What, what did you have to give him in return? Just your virginity, as per usual. <laughs> How many times has he given that away? Some, every week. He's given it away on here about five times. How do people keep falling for that? Okay, <laughs> favourite cover band names. Um, Gee, that's tough. My friend was a drummer in a U2 cover band called Zutu. Nice. <laughs> Combination of Zeropa and Yeah, no, I got it. Yeah, also, yeah, one of my favourites that I've seen, and they're a, they, they are a, a, an ABBA cover band, mm. but they do hard rock versions, and they're called Metabica. Oh, that's um, not bad. Okay, doing right. the rounds yeah, now yeah, and again. Yeah, there used to be a New Zealand band in the early 80s called Blam Blam Blam. Very good. 
Right. Uh, there was a cover band that used to do their songs called Blam, 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 Blam. I thought that was going, <laughs> it's quite hard to say. Who, isn't there a, uh, an Australian comedian who kicked off the Devo cover band called Davo? Oh, is that oh, true? Yes. Cool, I think there was. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm not yeah. sure who that was, but apparently legendary. All right, that's topic number two. And third one, worst birthday. Okay, what, what's brought that on, Richard? I, I talked to a friend the other day. Happy birthday to him. I uh, had to go to the doctors and uh, they discovered a skin cancer on his forehead. Hey. Yes, yes. Everything's fine. It's benign. Mm-hmm. Everything's fine. But still, for those 24 hours, yeah, not, much not pretty, not a great no. birthday. Well, I have four, uh, on the, uh, five siblings, but four have had a birthday this year. I'm one from four. I haven't. I've remembered one. The other three, <laughs> by the wayside. Well, you so. don't know what their names are. No, so. I know what their names are. I just don't know how old they are or when they were born. <laughs> so I'm not looking good for them. And my one of my sisters called me up and said, you, "So no one rang. Normally, one of you remembers. So no one remembered this year. Are you guys trying to tell me something?" I said, "Who, I said, who is this?" Oh God! <laughs> I had that thing you said with the skin cancer. I had to go and get one of those checked out yeah. over the break. Ooh. And I've gone in to see the doctor. You don't see any sun. No, that's the whole point. It's mystifying. How has this happened? Reflected light? <laughs> I've been looking at pictures of the sun? Did I, when I went to see that film Sunshine, did that somehow affect me? But it turned out to be nothing. Great. But I'm in there, and you don't know what it's going to be. What was it? A chisel. <laughs> it's just a shadow. But, uh, no, so this guy is like, he's, okay, sat me down. He hasn't said a word, and he's got a bit of an accent. I don't know what accent it was, but I'm going to sort of try and approximate Here it. Here you go. And he's gone, this is his first words. He's looked at my chart. And then he's looked up and gone, thank God you are here. No, we go. Oh. <laughs> and then there's been like 10 minutes of questions about thank God yeah, you're here. Absolutely. Like really detailed ones. It's like, so do, do you know the scenarios before? No, or do, no, do they let you no, see no. what? No? no, no, we don't. So when, but when you're putting the costumes yeah, yeah, on, yeah. surely they would, you would notice. Well, sometimes you can tell something. You, you would be able to think of some jokes, Look, surely. this is really hurting, actually. <laughs> I tell you where I saw it's you. It's growing as we speak. I saw you on the panel. Yeah, yeah. And you were sitting next to Uncle Arthur. Okay, give And I'm going, it's, it's Glenn Robbins. <laughs> Whose hand is that? called Uncle Arthur. <laughs> do you know Uncle Arthur very well? Uh, quite well. Uh, How long have you been working with Uncle look, Arthur? Probably the best part of ten years. Look, this thing is. is, is what r- is Uncle Arthur like? It's covered my eye. Does Uncle Arthur talk like Uncle Arthur? Yeah, not, not all the time. Is there someone else I can see? Yes, yes, yes. So, were you in Cracker Jack? Look, I'll just cut it off myself. <laughs> <laughs> it just went on and on like that. Is that your story for whose hand is that as well? I didn't yeah. even know where we are. Okay. Seems to be romantics. Too many topics. Okay, that's the topics. <laughs> There's three in the. Are oh, you acting like? Yeah, that's really clear cut. My guess is no callers. No. Okay, ready? Uh, positive pokey stories, Rich. Yes, yes. Yeah. Go. What's the next one? Uh, favourite cover band name. Favourite cover band name. We've covered that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Third. Worst birthday ever. And fourth. Didn't who have do, a fourth. Who do you think's into it? <laughs> who do you think's into it? We'll and throw then, in that. So we finish <laughs> oh, doing prizes. the callers. Prizes. Um, and then we go stick around for Will and Limo next. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's how long it's going to take. Okay, prize music, please, Mr. Oh, Marzay. Yes, we've got actual prizes for once. How long can I stretch the sentence? Yes! <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, who likes Kelly Clarkson? You like Kelly Clarkson. We've got her single Never Again sample product not for sale. Who likes City Homicide? You like City Homicide. Episode 5, it went to air September the 17th at 8.30pm. Who knows what antics that hunky McPherson got up to? Green Day? Blink-182? Jimmy Eat World? In a DVD? No? Yes! Riding in vans with boys could be yours. Yes, one of those prizes is legal. Call us now with your positive pokey story, favourite cover band name, or hideous birthday. Who do you think's into it? One triple three five three. That's enough bagpipes. Out of you. Thank you, Steve Earl. Copperhead Road. That's the song the sales department like to sing when they're taking the piss out of Ed Cavalier. Yeah. That's the best one to sing in the style of you, apparently. So very much. Copperhead Road. That's not how I sound. I've never actually heard you sing that one. That one? It's not in my uh, range. Oh, I was hoping he's going to do it. Okay. We're up Talkback Mountain. And we've gone completely mad! That's right! Okay, steady on. More topics. last one? (laughs) More topics than would seem advisable. I don't know what we're doing. Let's just meet some of our listeners. That's what it's really about. G'day, Kevin. Oh, g'day, fellas. How are you? Excellent. What are you having a swing at? Uh, Um... 20 years ago, there used to be a Brisbane cover band by the name of Retro Tull. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> Were they up to scratch? Oh, man, I never got to see them. Uh, I was very disappointed. I was a bit of a Jethro Tull fan, but never got to see them. Well, let's hope they get back together. Oh, uh, you can only hope, couldn't you? I mean, like, the world needs more, what, folk slash rock slash M- uh, Grammy Award heavy metal, I suppose, cover bands. <laughs> Certainly does. Absolutely right, Kevin. Yeah, absolutely right. I think we're going to give this man a prize. What's it going to oh, be? Hey, uh, Kevin. 
What do you? Hello. What, hey, mate. What do you want? You can have uh, Blink One Eight Two, City Homicide, or Kelly Clarkson. Oh, jeez. The, the choice is endless. Oh, the wife's a bit of a Kelly Clarkson fan. So oh, there you go. go. The wife. Now, sure. that one's not for sale, Kevin, so don't sell oh. that one on. All right, thank you very much. <laughs> nice to talk to you. G'day, Glenn. How are you? Very well. Yourselves? Excellent. Uh, away you go, son. Well, there's a uh, an actual band going around. Oh, they're from somewhere in Europe, and they're called Beatallica. Oh, what do they do? They do Beatles and Metallica songs together. Oh, I'd laugh. Songs like uh, Hey Dude. Yeah. All that sort of thing. Uh, <laughs> That's all the only one. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I'm sure their work's on YouTube, was it, Glenn? Uh, I don't know about YouTube. I know that they've got their own website where you can download their music. There you go. All yeah. their lyrics and all, uh, all that sort of thing. Now, Glenn, I know you only really you made that up just so you could have a go at these prizes. Uh, well, City, you're on to me, aren't you? Well, City Homicide or uh, Green Day and Blink-182. Um. Oh, can you hear the crickets in the background? Yeah. You, you got no, you got no barger. Well, well, yes, we do. Right, Give them can, a barger. You have a barger, no. Glenn. I should warn you. You know, Daniel McPherson isn't in barger. <laughs> you know that, don't you? Well, yeah, but I, I would like to think that he's watched it. All right, all right. <laughs> we are going to have to box up one of these promos you hear on radio shows. You know, real radio shows where they have like, yes, more satisfied winners. Oh, um, what was the first one again? <laughs> yes, everyone's a winner. <laughs> All right, thank you, Glenn. <laughs> Kyla, how are you? Kayla. Kayla, how are you? Yep, I'm good. Well, I'm be- <laughs> what have you got to tell us about? Uh, well, actually, it happened about two weeks ago. My mum was in the pokies and she calls me up and goes, guess what? I've won $2,000. Oh, oh wow. wow. Someone actually won some money. <laughs> and yes, what, and I got $200 from that. That's all that matters. Not bad. Not bad at all. And what right. did you uh, spend it on? Uh, bills. Bills. Well, you know, the love doesn't stop there because <laughs> you've got a choice of the Green Day Blink-182 DVD or last week's episode of City Homicide. Totally go for the Green Day. Okay, excellent right. work. Yep. Uh, oh, done well. Done gee, I've well. won a, a windfall of cash. Jeez. Now, where's that bell catalogue? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Ash. How are you? Good yourself. Excellent. Uh, which topic are you having a crack at? The bad birthdays. Talk us through it. Uh, my wife's birthday is on Saturday. Yes. And we're Jewish, and it's also Yom Kippur, which is a favourite moment with your class. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I missed the last part. It's Yom Kippur, which... Which what? Oh, Ash. Okay. Are you saying you can't eat or drink or anything like that, Ash? Or speak, apparently. Oh, now, okay. Hang on. I know it's a bad line, Ash, but I think I just heard you say that you'd really like the DVD of City Homicide. Hold <laughs> <laughs> on. I thought so. I okay. thought that's what I heard. Yom Kippur. There's so many things you're not supposed to do mm. on Yom Kippur. That's right. We, I remember a friend of ours who's a film producer. We got a very good uh, impersonation of Steven Spielberg to leave a message on his machine on Yom Kippur. Bad. So you've got to call me back in like five minutes. <laughs> Really? Broke it? That's what I heard. Oh, naughty boy. (laughs) All right, we're celebrating Yom Kippur here at Triple M. Thank you, everyone. And, uh, yeah, I couldn't follow any of that, but it was another fantastic Marsland special. In the next hour, oh, this bloke, we've tried to get him in before. Yeah, but he was sick. He's back, uh, I think his leg's back on. Fantastic. It's the writer of the Saw movies and star of them. Lee Winnell. Get this. Warm, professional, and very friendly. Brought to you by Nissan Navara. Huge pulling power. Do what I want because I can. If I don't, because I want to. Triple M is rock. Be ignored by the stiff and the board because I'm gonna. Courtesy of that Nissan Navara and its huge pulling power, it's the second hour of Get This Around the Nation, please. A polite round of applause for Lee Winnell, screenwriter, actor, fan about town. Thank you, Nation. Uh, now, I know you weren't well the last time we had Angus Sampson come in, and uh, I think he answered most of the questions we were going <laughs> to yeah, ask exactly. you. Exactly. He can answer for me. You know. <laughs> he's been living my life. He's, I think he's assumed my identity for a while there. Is, have you got some sort of company with uh, Guzzi Sampson? Are you guys a partnership? What is the deal? Well, uh, I, um, he likes to think so. No, we, uh, he, <laughs> he, he has this sort of office space that in, uh, in, in uh, Fitzroy that he uses, and I, I've uh, been using it for the last week. But we sort of, we've always wanted to do something together. Together in kind of an unofficial way, like oh, you know, 
let's let's write a film together, but both of us can't seem to get it together to do it. Surely there's, <laughs> surely there's parts of Guzzi's body that could be sawn off. I'm thinking. <laughs> In a film. Yeah, for sure. Those lips could go. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think, yeah. Yeah, what? Now, it's not really a radio gag, that one. But... Did I? <laughs> we don't care on this show. <laughs> it's the most visual show on radio, Lee. We pride exactly. ourselves on that. What about, is there Saw 4? Is there really Saw 4? There is. Not only is Saw 4 coming out, I, I don't I don't know whether they release it after its release date in the States, but it comes out um, October 31st in America. Right. I'm not sure here, but then not only is Saw 4 happening, but next year, early next year, they're going to start shooting uh, 5 and 6 back to back. So it's officially, be- it's, it's it's creeping up towards that That's club of like, territory. Yeah. yeah, it's, well, in the horror genre, you've got like, you've got your Freddy, you've got your Jason, it's, it's creeping up there, which is kind of, it's kind of flattering in a way. You know? Freddy got to seven, did he? In yeah. the end? You Hang on. The Jason new one? Nightmare wasn't numerically named. Yeah, no, so that's, I'm not sure whether there was an the eight. series. And then I Halloween does. stopped and started again, and now they've gone back to the beginning. Right, they've just did... Rob Zombie just did a remake of the first Halloween. Oh, yes. Zombie did. Yeah. Sensitive treatment, is it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Look, you know, I, who I think the Jigsaw character should really tackle next is... Whoever's playing this jazz flute, I think really it's time <laughs> yeah, to no. put the bed once and for all. Plenty to talk about in this hour. Get this on Triple M. <laughs> That's Fallout Boy. Thanks for the memories here at Get This on Triple M. And I think the show's really working quite well in its new time slot. Ask Peter Beatty. Well, I don't have time to ask. Ask Steve Brax. Okay. Well, why would I want to ask Steve? Ask Bob Carr. Okay, well, I don't have time. Ask Jeff Gallup. Who is that? We don't know who that is. Ask the Labor Party. Well, the whole Labor Party. Ask Steve Brax. You said Braxy earlier. I mean, Ask I Peter Beatty. Well, he's retired as well. Ask Jeff Gallup. Okay, we don't Where know who Gallup is. Ask Bob Carr. Please, can we oh, lose that? <laughs> Jesus. Let's ask Lee Winnell. Hello, sir. It's got more sense. Uh, Lee, we were talking about the Saw movies. Yes. Um, now, okay, the first one. You were in that. You yes. wrote that. Everyone knows that. Now, as we progress down the series, how involved are you? Um, the the second two I wrote, but wasn't I, I was stupid in that uh, I didn't know the films obviously were going to progress to sequels. Otherwise, I wouldn't have killed off my character. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and believe me, I fought at production meetings. I was like, "What if he was cloned?" They go into the they go into the room DNA. Oh, they did it with uh, with Ripley in Alien, right? Remember they they killed her at the end of yes. Alien Three and then brought her back through cloning. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay, how does that? Does it matter, though, anymore? I mean, like, what happened with Jeffrey Rush in Pirates of the Caribbean? I'm pretty sure he died in the first one. He was one. really dead in that first one. and in this, But apparently when you die, you just end up in a brothel. Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. For someone to come and find you. <laughs> well, it's never stopped. Yeah, Freddie and Jason just keep going and going. But with this one, I, I uh, yeah, I, I wrote the film and ended up killing off my character at the end of the first one. So with the second two, I just wrote them and was... I'd sort of be there on set in a kind of, I guess, a weird kind of... Executive producery typey, they they would come to me and say, "Oh, you know, what do you think we should do here or something?" So we were definitely involved, and James as well. Right. James, who directed the first film, he didn't direct the second two, but he was still sort of involved. It's been good because the producers actually credit it, like, you know, we have, you know, we have the uh, the knowledge of it of yes. this universe. Yes, so yes. if they have a question, they'll come to us. Yes. Well, see, now it seems to me that if you didn't do them, someone else would just absolutely take over, and it would be. Jigsaw versus Predator. <laughs> yeah. gonna, they're going right. to go down that path. Have they, they asked you? Have they asked Jigsaw to take anyone on? <laughs> Not yet, but uh, I actually think that would be kind of cool. At the moment, I'm waiting for like you know Jigsaw Six Mission to Moscow or whatever. <laughs> when, once it gets into official police academy territory, is when I I want to start thinking of zany location changes. Like this time he's in Russia or whatever. <laughs> well, what about uh, Jigsaw versus Andy McDowell? I'd love to see him have a crack at her. She's been getting away for ages, getting away with it. <laughs> Jigsaw down under. Jigsaw down under. Yes. Nice. This is Kangaroo Jack. There's, there's a great history of uh, American sort of film franchises and TV shows visiting Down Under. Oh, we don't, love don't worry about I, that. I particularly remember, do you guys love uh, The Facts of Life Down Under was oh, a highlight yeah. for me. What happened That's there? Right. It had a Crocodile Dundee sort of character I in it. I do remember that, it, I can't remember the character's name. God, see, Angus would be good for this, but she she killed the bad guys by throwing a boomerang at them across yeah, Sydney Harbour. Makes, makes They always found a way to incorporate <laughs> the boomerang. And it was always, those travel shows were always about someone losing their luggage and a microphone film ending yes. up in the luggage, like when Family Ties visited yeah. London. That's yeah. right. <laughs> There's a lot of microfilm. Yeah. Well, well, I got the DVD, Lee, of Love Thy Neighbour, 
down under. Yes, uh, nice, and nice. he moves to Blacktown uh, in <laughs> Sydney. Right. And there's not one second I can play on the show. <laughs> I got it. And I was like, here we go. Here come the clips. He arrives at the airport, meets an Asian man. There's nothing we can play <laughs> of that. Gotcha. There's nothing. Six episodes, not a word. <laughs> That's right, because um, we were going, well, surely the plot can only be that the two blokes move by coincidence to Australia and end up living next to each <laughs> right. other. Or he's next door to an Aboriginal family. Yeah, no. Surely it has to be one of those two. And what was the answer? The answer is that he hates Australians, all of them, any Everyone. of them. He doesn't oh. care which one. Gotcha. And then he meets an Italian. He can't believe his eyes <laughs> or his ears. Well, I don't think, uh, okay, that's that's got nothing to do with Lee. <laughs> Sorry, it's fine. Lee. Hey, I like to diverge. No, no. Well, we'll drag you uh, back to your own career momentarily. <laughs> Next, I'll get this. That'd be, uh, yes, the flowers. Sorry, I nearly said Ice House. (laughs) No, I don't know. Flowers, very different band. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get this on Triple M. In case you're wondering, Lee Winnell, screenwriter, actor, is with us. Uh, It's your chance, Lee, to drop a few names because when Angus Sampson comes on, they just tumble from him. Lou Ferrigno. I've I've met Lou. Lou Ferrigno, the original Hulk. I actually met Lou at this amazing thing... um, they have these huge um, uh, fan conventions over in the, yes, in the States where it's yes. like basically, you know, they can get 100,000 of these people, sort of 40-year-old virgins, who are all real-life versions of the comic book guy from The Simpsons. Oh, that's right, that's right. They, I will now return to my comic book store <laughs> where dispense with the insults. <laughs> and do they uh, have a lot to say to you, Lee? Yeah, they do. It's amazing. Um, James and I have been to, we've racked up a fair few of them. They kind of set you up on a table and you have a few sort of photos of yourself and these kids <laughs> queue up and it's really humbling actually because they, they come along dressed as the characters. Right. I mean, you think it's really special until you look over and it's like an extra from Deep Space Nine has a queue longer <laughs> than yours and you're like, okay, obviously uh, we're not that special. But I remember sitting there and uh, I uh, I heard that the, the bad guy from Mad Max 2, played by Vernon Wells, oh, Wes, yes. I'd heard that he was at this convention we were Jeez. at and I was like, oh, I'd love to meet him and I kept signing away and, uh, and then I hear this voice say, I'll have one. Now, at that stage, I was so tired. I was like, who do I make it out to? <laughs> no, no, I don't really want one. I look up and it's Vernon. Wow. And I, I was so amazed to meet, because I'm such a huge Mad Max fan, especially Mad Max 2. Yes. He took me over to what I can only call Celebrity Death Row. <laughs> it's a bunch, of pe- a bunch of guys lined up with tables and he's like, uh, Lee, I'd like you to meet a friend of mine. This is Chris. And I'm looking at him and I, I vaguely recognise him. It was uh, uh, the guy from The Blue Lagoon. Christopher oh, Atkins, oh, was it? Christopher Atkins. Yeah. And, and I move along. He, he moves me along to the next table. He's like, uh, Lee, another good friend of mine, David. This guy, I had no idea. I was looking at him. I was like, okay, he kind of looks like a real estate agent. I looked down at his photos. It was David McNaughton from American Werewolf in London. Oh, right. Who now makes a living. Uh, just David Norton. David Norton. Sorry, yes. not McNaughton. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, got to get the details. And, <laughs> and so this is where these guys kind of go to, to, to live out their careers. They've done one thing and then they can go to these conventions and make thousands of dollars signing But, but are there a lot of Blue Lagoon enthusiasts still out there, <laughs> Lee? Pirate movie. Absolutely. I mean, these these guys will will pay and it, it becomes a thing not even of I'm a fan of that show. It's just, oh my God, that's that guy from the Blue Lagoon. Won't that be funny if I get his autograph? Oh, and yeah. uh, the, the, the last guy was Lou and I kind of, I introduced myself to him and he, I said, oh, can I grab a photo, Lou? And he's like, it's $20 or whatever. So I give him, I give him the money, and then when Vernon said, oh, "This is the guy who made Saw," he leapt over the table and grabbed my money. He's like, "Oh no, no, I'm sorry. I thought you were one of them." <laughs> oh, and then he hands me a DVD, and he's like, "You know, I still do movies. I still do movies." Oh, dear. And what was so, the uh, DVD of? It was uh, it's a little highlight reel, lose highlight reel, amazing stuff. Really, yeah, for Rick Mania is <laughs> coming back. You what know, a Hulk. As you can, as you... Someone was coming out here for a convention. We got terrible news oh, yesterday, yes. Lee. One of our heroes on this show, one of my all-time heroes, Adam West, oh, who played Adam, the Batman. Of course. West. A much funnier actor than people realised yeah. at Genius. the time. He was coming out here. And a better Batman than Val Kilmer. Sure. Also, <laughs> than any of them. <laughs> he was going to come on the show, sit in that chair and co-host an hour and get this. I had so many questions oh, about no. the Penguin's gold tank. It was going to take hours. <laughs> and we found out yesterday he's not coming to <laughs> Australia anymore because his house has burnt down. Yeah. Stately Snubbed. Wayne Manor. Yeah. The Riddler. Unbelievable. <laughs> the Riddler. It's got to be the Riddler. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd take that as an excuse, but I think that, that that is heartbreaking because, I mean, he's one of those guys that you could really keep it. I'd say the full two hours you could oh, keep Adam no, West here for. Just yeah. 24 hours all West. <laughs> and who are we we're getting someone else instead, though? 
Uh, Billy West from Billy, Futurama. Oh, Billy West, yeah, Red and Stimpy, and mm. yeah, the voiceover artist. Yes. Great, excellent. Mm. Another West, not quite. <laughs> I mean, he's great, yes, but he's not Adam West. Yeah. It's the West that Adam Rest rejects. What? We're getting the Billy West. <laughs> okay. That's All right. right. I can feel puns. I can feel puns <laughs> arriving quickly. Go to a song here. Get this triple M. I'm a believer. That'll be Smash Mouth. Let's get this. It's the second hour. Lee Winnell is here. You know him from the Saw films and other films. He's back in the country doing uh, some sort of Australian. I am. I'm, I'm uh, acting in an Australian horror film. Oh, yes. That I'm hoping isn't going to join the uh, that back-of-the-video store league of great Australian <laughs> horror films, such as uh, Razorback and yes. uh, Houseboat Horror. Houseboat in the horror. cut? No, no, yeah. just called, no, just cut. Yeah. Was that the one with yeah. Cut? I was disappointed by cut. Yeah. Oh, was, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I hope it's going to be more Wolf Creek than, uh, than Houseboat I Horror. I tell you what I found was the problem with cut, and I don't want to spoil the ending of the movie. <laughs> So it's spoiled. much danger that people are going to run out. <laughs> I don't think they did when but it came out. You know what it was? For the first three quarters of, an, of the movie, it was a whodunit. Mm. And then the answer was a ghost. <laughs> you know what I mean? Imagine if it was like an Agatha Christie and the answer was a ghost. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. You could just feel, although the audience, I think, had stormed out before that <laughs> twist. Do you remember that Australian horror film that was released in the 80s? You guys will help me, might be able to help me with a title where they had a, a chicken walk out of the cinema. Where if you were the the ending was supposed to be so hardcore oh, that if you yes. couldn't handle it, you had to follow follow the yellow line that was out stole. of the cinema. There was actually uh, an innovation uh, that was come up with in the late fifties by a man called William Castle, the king right, of the gimmicks, right, and he right. had what was called Coward's Corner in the right. cinema. <laughs> right. What would happen is five minutes before the end of the movie, a subtitle would come up. The movie would stop, right? And they go right. The ending of this movie is so terrifying that if you want to go and stand in Coward's Corner and they had a yellow <laughs> path on the floor of every cinema, then you'll get your money back. So you had the choice of, I can get my money back, can but I, I have to make a dick of myself yep. in Coward's Corner. And that's exactly what, in this film I remember, it was Blood Moon. It was Blood, Blood Moon. Moon. Blood Moon. Right. Correct. And, and, then, and, and even if you watch the video, it comes up the title saying, if, if you have to stop watching now, <laughs> please do so. And I remember my local uh, cinema, the Knox City Twin, the yellow line led to a chicken coop. <laughs> where you had to go and stand. It was a chicken coop. But see, the problem is for that idea, for that idea to really work, you need to have um, an audience. And I, think, I, I don't know that it really took off. Yeah, I'm not sure where the blood moon was packing them in that summer. Some lonely chickens. Okay, now, now the film, we haven't mentioned the name of the film. It's called Dying Breed. It is called Dying Breed. It, it, it's, um, how can I describe it? I guess it's kind of uh, an, uh, an, uh, an Aussie version of Deliverance. The Tasmanian Whoa. Tourism Commission will really be behind this one. Four intrepid young travellers go to Tasmania and are set upon by uh, inbred cannibals. Oh, fantastic. So they, and, and which side? of the fence are you on the inbred side or the young traveller I think I'm one of the travellers I believe so so okay. I'm one of the guys running away from the inbred uh, cannibals okay inbred cannibals does that fit into our topic today because we're talking about things you just can't watch yeah, in movies yeah, where you have yeah. to turn away from the screen <clears throat> yeah. now sawing someone's leg off that ah. might be an obvious one Let's right. not go there. I have the problem with the syringes. Oh, man. Even though I'm constantly having... A lot of people have that because I've heard a lot of people fainted during the Pulp Fiction scene, which yes. was the extreme oh, close-up. Oh, yes. I actually tried to top that in Saw 2. I thought of that. It's interesting you say that because I was like, everyone hates syringes. I'm going to have a scene where someone is thrown into a pit of syringes. Oh, no. Like one of those Ikea pits full of plastic balls. And, and and is literally up to their shoulders in, in sort of dirty used syringes. Yeah. So there you go. It's the ultimate syringe phobic scene is in Saw too. Well, that right. is a perfect example, <laughs> but it just doesn't have to be violent stuff. No, I mean, no. what Ed Cavill I can't watch kissing in cannot films. Watch kissing. I can watch Short Bus till I'm blue in the face, <laughs> but so I can't. So sex you don't have a problem with it's well, kissing. It's sort of yeah, it's the it's the it's the slow moving in is the two actors <laughs> and then the, the lip locking. I just uh, 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 and they just they never like each other. It's <laughs> right. not See, have you thought of that? It's just jigsaw pashing on with someone. <laughs> I haven't yet, but uh, this notebook isn't here for uh, no reason. But yeah, jigsaw and you know Meg Ryan. Uh, <laughs> but Lee, I mean, I guess Bit of a cliche question, but is there anything that you find yourself turning away from? I, f I always found uh, the the thing that used to get me when I was a kid was the scene in Evil Dead where a pencil is shoved into that uh, woman's ankle and twisted yes. around. Didn't oh. No need for that. For some reason, oh. ankles always get me if someone like breaks their ankle completely yeah. or their foot gets yeah. me. That yeah. see that yeah. scene <laughs> put so many yeah. people off ankles and right. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Marsden, what can't you watch? I, I can't stand it, and this is it, it's made the film unwatchable for me. But I bought Train Spotting on VHS back in the day right? and yep. at the end they have a voiceover come in saying stay tuned after the credits for some more 
uh, for some more trailers. <laughs> yeah. But it comes in right on the final scene when Spud opens up the locker. <sighs> Keep watching for more trailers from from Village Rouge, and it was the most oh, annoying really? thing. Okay, <laughs> and just totally kills the film. Maybe not. Maybe not that particular <laughs> film company. So uh, <laughs> maybe not. In fact, absolutely not that film company. Not even. Really good. I've heard. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. And Siriana has a uh, has some interesting oh, the nail scenes scene with, yeah. with uh, fingernails that I can't. Honorable mention to the scene in is in American History X where the guy's yeah, forced no, to put his mouth. Let's not even describe it. That's everyone's uh, <laughs> top of the list. It could just be Celine Dion. That'll do. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Give us a call. What can't you watch in the movies? One triple three five three. Get this silly games that I cooked up. Uh, on the run. Brought to you by Nissan Navara. Huge pulling power. It's get this. It is <laughs> around the nation on Triple M. I'll just say it again in case I'm talking over an ad break. It's get this on Triple M. Lee Winnell is here, impressed by the professionalism. He's always Very. on the lookout for new movie ideas. Just, mm-hmm. just go with me, Lee, even if that's not true. Mm-hmm. It's very true. It's very Thank true. You, Lee. <laughs> what is the kind of stuff people can't watch that they have mm. to turn away from on the screen? Who's got a suggestion here? G'day, Michael. Hey, how you doing, Ed? Excellent, mate. What do you have to turn away from? Anything to do with eyes. Oh, oh yes. yes. Now, Lee's done it to me in number two. Oh, yeah. The opening scene of number two. Big one for iPhobics. Yeah. And Hostel. With the blowtorch. Oh, oh yeah. Jeez, yeah, see, what number two needed then was Rodney Dangerfield. You know, good luck with those eyes. <laughs> They're always trying to slip Rodney into a film. If so I've had a hook through my eye and it's not fun. Oh, okay. Okay. Jackie, there you are. Okay. That's the one we're looking for. Thank you, Michael. <laughs> oh, blimey. All right, thank you, sir. Hello, Melissa. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. How are you guys? Excellent. What do you have to turn away from? Spiders. Oh, spiders. Oh, really? Yep. In which arachnophobia, is that the one? That made me walk out of the cinema. Yeah. Why'd you go and see it if you had a fear of Spiders <laughs> 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 Word made me squirm as well. Uh, which one? The opening Dallas scene Red. of Raiders of the Lost Ark, big one yes. for arachnophobes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and aren't all the spiders actually real in arachnophobia? I think it was just pre-digital. Yeah. Oh, I've got to yeah. hang up, yuck. <laughs> hey, except, for the, except for the actual one, the one that's the size of... No, that, a, the big like one a, at the end is a an real... Afghan. It's yeah. from New Zealand. Yeah. That's a real spider. Lives down a cave in New Zealand called the Bird Eating Spider. Yep. Pretty descriptive name, <laughs> <no, no one. laughs> The Bird Eating Spider. I don't know what he's into. Oh, wow. All right, thank you, Melissa. Hello, Josh. How are you? How are you, Ed? Excellent, bro. What do you have to turn away from? Oh, there's a scene in Master and Commander where one of the uh, crew members is getting some surgery done on his head to remove a bullet. And now, it's not so much the surgery, it's the tools that are being used. I think the tools were something like a spoon, a uh, <laughs> chisel, and maybe even a butter knife was yeah, used. Yeah, there you go. Pretty standard in the old. <laughs> I think if you look closely, uh, Russell Crowe's using his Oscar to dig it out as well. I've also got another one, guys. Yes. Um, There's a scene in Million Dollar Baby where Hilary Swain gets her nose broken in the fight and um, Clint Eastwood has to put it back into place. I cringe at that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shoulders getting popped back in. That hurts. Keanu, I think yep. in Keanu Reeves is the replacements that happen. Yeah, it's fun for the sound effects department. On your yep. films, Lee, do you love to go in on Foley Day <laughs> when they're doing the sound yeah, effects? Yeah, it is amazing. Uh, what's what's really amazing for, is the auditions for a Saw film because I've sat in on them a couple of times before and it's just actor after actor coming in. It's like, hi, nice to meet you. Okay, uh, go ahead whenever you're ready. Ah, oh, please don't kill me. Please don't kill me. And then you're like, okay, great job. Uh, yeah. Don't call us, we'll call you. <laughs> and then there's a whole day of this. I didn't really believe your leg was getting yeah. chopped off. No, I just... Uh, Maybe a finger at most. I think we can disgust our listeners one more time. Who is it going to be? Jane, how are you? Hi, guys, how are you? Excellent. What do you have to turn away from? Oh, I can't stand anything near a cliff or uh, the top of a building where they get really close to the edge. I go back to my go. seat and get all... Oh, it's awful. What? No, a great scene in one film that really actually induced that for me was the the first born identity where he was hanging off the sort of catwalk on the edge oh, of the building. Yes. That was the way they shot that was amazing. It actually gave me vertigo. Is it the first born identity where he leaps down a stairwell on top of somebody else? And he uses them to break right. his fall. He actually, yeah, dives cool. off a stairwell and falls six stories with someone else and then lands on them and gets up and he's fine. And he's fine and it's quite a funny one to slow down <laughs> frame by frame, I'm telling you. <laughs> All right, thank you, Jane. Uh, good choice. Uh, we have something queued up that always gets people turning away from the screen. The Prime Minister next on Triple M. <laughs> Here we get this around the nation on Triple M. Lee Winnell, filmmaker, is with us. And now, how long have you been out of the country? Um, two and a half years now. It's been a while. Guess what? John Howard, still the Prime Minister. 
Yeah, I, I can't. What's 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 been interesting for me is coming back and seeing how the tide has turned. How a lot of people have, are going against him now. That's yeah. been one thing I sort of missed. It might turn round though, because <laughs> you know what Australians are like. If they go too far in one direction, <laughs> back the other way. But is he going to retire? What's going to happen? Well, I don't know, we taped this interview off the telly just the other night. Prime Minister, there's been a lot of talk about this meeting with Alexander Downer. Yeah, I'm, not carry, I'm not going to get into the detail of my conversation with Mr. Right. Downer. I'm not. Well, uh, could you sum up the meeting for us in a word? Uh, I had a conversation with him. He had a meeting. He got views. He communicated yep. those views to me. He acted correctly. He acted decently. You know what my reaction to all of these things has been over the past few days. There is simply nothing to be gained by my trying to answer to you precisely what may have been said uh, in a meeting that I didn't attend. I know what Mr Downer said to me. I know Mm -hmm. what was in my mind when I spoke to him. Mm -hmm. I've told you uh, there is really nothing to be gained and we're both wasting our time going into it any further. Well, that's 115 words, but uh, you can understand why people would be interested in in the future we have for the people who are viewing this program. Well, sadly, Mr Howard, it's the bill, followed by a repeat of birds of a feather. Well, I mean, give us a break. Yes. <laughs> Come on. Yes, uh, I know, it's appalling, but uh, Mr Howard, is the pressure getting to you? No, 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 Kerry, Kerry, it's not. Well, some of your recent statements have been quite eccentric. I heard Peter Beattie say the other day that he's lost interest in politics. Peter Beattie? Well, Peter's an ambitious man. One day he will lead the Liberal Party. Right. I believe that he is my logical successor. Okay. Uh, you're also quoted as saying you'd like to fight the entire campaign dressed in a Borat-style mankini. There's a lot of things I want to do. Right. Uh, and I have uh, resolved very much uh, to fight this election campaign like none other. And in order to capitalise on the fact that many of your colleagues are more popular than you, uh, you're changing your name by deed poll yeah. to John Howard Costello Downer Turnbull Bruff. Mm. So quite a mouthful to remember on election day. So, punters so will I'll be voting for <laughs> Howard Costello, Downer, oh. Turnbull, Bruff. Well, that sounds insane. Mr Howard, I think you need to re-energise your party. How would you describe your dynamic team for election 07? Look, we're like any other group of, of, of politicians. No, that's pathetic, Mr Howard. Repeat after me. We can win this election. We can win this election. I want to stay. I want to stay. I love politics. Uh, I, I love politics. And some nauseating cliche to end on. And we owe it to the future of our children. Oh, very good. Now, what about sexing up your message, your vision for life after the but, election? But look, can I just say something about that? I've given a lot of thought to this... Right. My position in relation to the next election, and this is what I'll be telling the Australian people, is is very simple. Uh, if, if the Australian people are good enough uh, and kind enough to re-elect me again, there are a lot of things I want to do, and I would want to approach those things with enormous energy, but I would expect well into my term, oh, yes. and after those things have been implemented and bettered down, I would... I would probably, I'm certainly formed a view well into my term uh, that it would make sense for me to retire. So, hang on, your promise to the Australian people is, if re-elected, you will retire. I've thought this through. Yes. And what I'm saying to the Australian people is, well into my term, I would come to the conclusion that it would be in the interests of everybody if I retired. So that's the carrot you're dangling. Vote for me and I'll definitely piss off. I think that's good. It's a terrific idea. You're very welcome. Finally, Mr Howard, I take it you've heard Triple M's Get This program. Mm. They say the show often manipulates people's voices to change Uh, their meaning. Of course it does, even this interview. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, who will you be voting for on election day? Uh, Rudd. Gillard. Prime Minister, thanks for your time. Uh, Peter Garrett. <laughs> oh, look. It wasn't changed, was it? Oh, here he is now, Peter Garrett. We'll be back to wind things up in a moment. I'll get this at Triple M. Oh, thank you. US Forces, uh, that'd be the uh, Shadow Minister of um, the Environment here mm. at Get This on Triple M. <laughs> now, we've got Lee Winnell with us. He's got a million stories, yeah, but we've got a limited one. amount of time. How much time do we have? 
Mr. Marthlin. Uh, we've got about uh, about 45 seconds. That's not enough time Possibly to a minute. Oh, a wow. Stephen Seagal story. Have you been wow. working with Stephen Seagal? I haven't been working with him, unfortunately, but I did attempt to contact him. I met somebody who was um, a manager for these people who make personal appearances. Those guys I was talking yeah, about before, yeah. they have managers who book them in. This guy had a mobile phone full of, he had all these numbers, Gary Busey. Ooh, wow. One of them was Stephen. I said, give me that phone. It was 2 a.m. I'd had a few. I said, give me that phone. I want to call Stephen. So I called him. <laughs> Now, I spoke to his personal assistant, hey. and I pitched to him, but I believe he was right next to her, and I said, I want to pitch Stephen a movie. And on the, off the top of my head, I said, it's called Deadly Violence. <laughs> it's, and, and she's like, what? What's it about? And I said, it's a, it's a martial arts action comedy about personal trainers. And uh, there's a marvellous fight scene involving free weights. I've secured Margot Kidder for the female lead. Ooh. Is Stephen in or is he out? And she, uh, I believe that a deal nearly happened on the phone at 2 a.m. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure he would have been sitting there going, Deadly Violence, I think I've done that one, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. A couple of times I've done that one. Uh, thanks for sitting in for the whole hourly. We're going to have to oh, get you back. Absolutely. It flies by. This is, uh, it's very quick. Yeah, it certainly does. Are we that late, are we? All right. Well, our, <laughs> our key phrase today, thanks to everyone who called, uh, I guess Kim Beasley is retiring today, at least from the house. Let's have his theme music. Run on you, Kim. <laughs> Served as well. Music for future use by Stephen Segal, Mr. Marsler. Thank you, Lee. Our guest tomorrow is Andrew Mercado. We'll be talking telly all thanks to the Nissan Navara. I think you'll find it's Ute of the Year. Now it's allowing you I believe he was right next to her, and I said, I want to pitch Stephen a movie. And on the, off the top of my head, I said, it's called Deadly Violence. <laughs> it's, and, and she's like, what? What's it about? And I said, it's a, it's a martial arts action comedy about personal trainers. And uh, there's a marvellous fight scene involving free weights. I've secured Margot Kidder for the female lead. Ooh. Is Stephen in or is he out? And she, uh, I believe that a deal nearly happened on the phone at 2am. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure he would have been sitting there going, Deadly Violence? I think I've done that one. I'm sure a couple of times I've done that one. Uh, thanks for sitting in for the whole hourly. We're going to have to oh, get you back. Absolutely. It flies by. This is, uh, it's very quick. Yeah, yeah. It certainly does. Are we that late, are we? All right. Well, our, <laughs> our key phrase today, thanks to everyone who called, uh, I guess Kim Beasley is retiring today, at least from the house. Let's have his theme music. Run on you, Kim. <laughs> Served as well. Music for future use by Stephen Segal, Mr. Marsler. Thank you, Lee. Our guest tomorrow is Andrew Mercado. We'll be talking telly all thanks to the Nissan Navara. I think you'll find it's Ute of the Year. Now it's allowing you now.